It's 836. Welcome back to Wilmington's Morning News. 910-763-4000 is our phone number. You can also text us there as well with your comments. If you have been following uh, the news over the last couple of weeks, it's been pretty hard to escape hearing, at least in some way, shape, or form, about a firm that was known as FTX, and they played in the sphere of cryptocurrency, which uh, you've probably heard of as uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum are two of the most popular that the uh, the general populace has heard of. And it's been a very interesting story to watch unfold, and there's a lot of various moving parts here on it. Joining us this morning is Yael Lasowski. He is the deputy director over at the Consumer Choice Center. He's also been deemed as a crypto watchdog yael good morning sir where are you uh, calling us from this morning are you overseas still oh i'm still overseas at the moment uh, looks like i'm in vienna austria right now but i'll be moving around the european union here in a couple of days so right now coming to you from the old imperial city in vienna excellent we appreciate your time this morning i'm glad to get reconnected with you can you just kind of dumb down what ftx was what its goal was and what has unfolded with it over the past couple of weeks absolutely i mean it's um it, it's hard i think for a lot of people on the outside because they complicate it with a lot of talk of crypto and everything else but realistically you just have to look at it as this is a guy who for all intents and purposes created uh, what we call a bank and people put their money in the bank people were trading different securities within that bank he was taking the customer deposits he was basically bringing them in one account sending them over to another account donating a couple tens of millions to democrats in washington dc and in playing with all of those coins and playing with all of that money uh, ended up losing it and he was a very big figure in the crypto space and wanted to buy a bunch of companies with all the money in that so-called bank and uh, at the end of the day when people found that many of his companies were not just uh, basically in default uh, but he had printed up his own money his own token called ftt and that was actually the essential asset that served as the big uh we, we could say dollar amount that made these companies big so realistically you had a bit of a ponzi between all of these different companies and this guy has so far been fairly protected by the democratic establishment by many of the regulators in dc by major news outlets uh, but this is a ponzi that has been a long time coming and it's unfortunate because and i know yael you've done so much over the last couple of years to try and you know make crypto this not this weird black magic black hole that people don't understand and then you've got this sam bankman freed guys you mentioned a huge democrat donor tens of millions of dollars to uh, democrat candidates lobbying the sec to kind of leave him alone and he, I would imagine, just took back crypto in terms of public acceptance by probably 10 years with this uh, scam he was pulling. How, how, does, how does that make you feel, somebody who's been kind of on the forefront of this and pushing for adoptance of uh, various cryptos? Yeah, I think when it comes to the institutions, it is definitely a ding. Uh, however, the base protocols, like if we look at the Bitcoin protocol, it's as strong as ever. TikTok, next block, 
you know, every t every 10 minutes I'll have a new block of transactions. So the protocols are fine. The problem comes when people construct these money exchange lending yield casinos on top of the protocols and then use that as collateral. I think that's the bigger problem. Obviously, for the for the general public, those will be conflated. But we just have to view this through the lens of, of financial crimes. Just because he was using crypto really doesn't mean anything because it could have just been dollars. It could have been a Bernie Madoff type situation. It just so happened that he was using these cryptos and a lot of the legislators and regulators, they don't fully understand what is happening. You know, it's hard to track. Uh, but thankfully, uh, there was some very good reporting that came out very early on that showed what exactly was happening. And I think this is what we kind of need every few years. You know, we always have bad actors in various spaces, and sometimes the market has a really good way of weeding them out. And I think that's what happened here. So I'm not really concerned when it comes to the base protocol of something like Bitcoin. I think it's still safe. It still works. And uh, I, realistically, it's just the institutions that were built on top of it. And that's an important thing to note. We're joined by Yelisowski this morning. He's the deputy director over at the Consumer Choice Center. These various apps uh, like FTX and Coinbase and Binance and all these these apps, Yael, that's, that is not Bitcoin. That is not Ethereum. That is essentially, as you mentioned, a casino or a, a, uh, a stock trade market built on top of those protocols, correct? It's to make it more accessible for the general public, but that brings inherent risk, does it not? Yeah, we call those on-ramps or off-ramps. You know, this is sort of, if we think of the old westerns, it's the way stations. You know, you'd be on your horse all day and you'd go and you'd try to exchange your furs or your gold that you found for food, for clothing, and you go to the shop and you exchange them. And then you put it back on your horse and you leave. What we have in these uh, particular circumstances is that these exchanges have built in the incentives to where you leave your gold you leave your furs at the store and then the store owner will lend it out. You know, he'll ship it over to another store and try to get a little bit more yield. And that's where people come into trouble. And I think this is why the base protocol of, of cryptocurrencies is always going to be safe because it's so different from the normal fiat financial system. If you have a bank account and you happen to be someone who is involved in the Freedom Convoy in Canada, the government can come out and get your bank account closed. But if you have your Bitcoin in self-custody, you have it on your own private wallet that's protected by a private key. We're not getting too complicated here, but if you have that by a private key, no one can censor it. No one can take it away. And what these institutions do on the top is they're the on-ramp and the off-ramp. Unfortunately, a lot of people just leave their money in there. But the entire point of cryptocurrencies is it's a decentralized financial system. You can own it on yourself. You can have it on your own computer, your own phone. No one has the ability to take that from you. It's pretty amazing that the, you know, when you look at cryptocurrency and what it was originally scheduled to be and how it was set up and to see that these uh, these actors have come in and they're, obviously they're not all uh, running Ponzi schemes, at least not we're not aware of any of them that are operating right now, at least publicly. But it's amazing that the decentralized currency, as you mentioned in reference, has essentially turned into just kind of an unregulated stock market. That's what these apps have turned into, Yael. But it's not, as you mentioned, it's not the only way for people to get in on cryptocurrency. But when you're Coinbase and you buy a $100 million Super Bowl commercial with a QR code jumping around the screen, 
it makes it pretty easy for folks to get involved, does it not? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we've had many different problems in the last couple of years. We had COVID, we had all of these uh, bonuses that people got, you know, these government paychecks that came in thanks to uh, Uncle Joe or Donald Trump. Everybody's getting all the stimulus money and people have the incentives with the Federal Reserve system that it is now. We've had quantitative easing. The government has been printing more and more money. It's been pushing everything up. It's all of this inflation. And when people were looking for alternative assets they could invest in, maybe they can't afford a house in Wilmington. Well, they can afford a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Ethereum. Maybe they can't afford to buy a boat. Maybe they can't afford to buy all these stocks. So it was seen as an alternative investment for a lot of people. And I think that's what we'll see in the long term is that these are savings technologies. There are ways that you can safeguard your wealth on a digital protocol that is uncensorable and that really you own from day one until whenever you withdraw it. And I think that should be the, the overall principle. It is true that a lot of people got into it without understanding it. A lot of people have their first interactions on some of these crypto exchanges, and perhaps they've gotten burnt by either what happened with FTX or any of the others. But again, if you learn the principal lesson of cryptocurrency that you should self-custody, that you should hold it on your own wallet, you know, ask your grandkids, ask your your nieces and nephews. You know, there are all kinds of tutorials that you can find online. There are ways to do this. And I think I'm still very hopeful for that. If you can safeguard your money, that means you can protect it from so many different factors. Without getting too deep into the weeds on it this morning, because it is very complicated, Yael, you mentioned a lot of folks get started with these uh, more consumer exchanges like FTX, like Coinbase and, and various things. How do you make that step to the next uh, phase of it where, yes, you get started with these, you, you know, tie your bank account to it, you buy 20 30 or $40 worth of crypto. Oh, this is pretty cool. How do you, how do you involve into that next step and kind of take the training wheels off? Do you have any, have any tips for that this morning? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, fairly simple. Anyone can just go to their phone. Everyone's got a smartphone these days. Go to your app store if you're on Apple or the Play Store if you're on Android and just download something called Moon Wallet, M-U-U-N, or something called Blue Wallet. Uh, these are essentially your own Bitcoin wallets that you control. They'll give you a little password that you can save. You keep that safe and you have your send and receive addresses and you just need to withdraw it from these uh, different crypto exchanges, whether it be Coinbase, whether it be Binance or any of the others, and you have a send and receive address, you can put it on your phone. It's right there. It's safe. You have the private key. It's as easy as that. There's a, an entire industry of different hardware wallets. Uh, there are different things where people are just memorizing their codes or stamping them into steel. Realistically, all you need is a simple phone app that you control. And as long as you write down your private key, 12 words that are your seed phrase, even if you lose your phone, you could always restore it. So I think that that is probably the easiest next step. Just download one of these apps. I mentioned Blue Wallet and M-U-U-N Moon. Very, very easy to do. Just be sure you keep that uh, seed phrase private key uh, written down somewhere. Yeah, I use uh, Blue Wallet myself, and it's uh, it's it's been a pretty good app. I haven't had any any problems uh, with it. it. It seems to do well exactly what it claims to do. From for the from the general consumer standpoint, though, I feel like crypto is in this weird space right now, yeah, yeah, where it's almost seen as kind of a a fiat. Um, casino where you're just buying and selling crypto at different prices and it's essentially just gambling and 
I don't believe that was the original use case of these and why they were created. Are you concerned by that by that ongoing trend that it's just, uh, you know, at least here in North Carolina, it's illegal to, you know, there's no casinos, but screw it, I'll just, uh, you know, gamble with crypto and, and do things that way. Are you concerned by that trend? Well, I, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, uh, just wait until we get sports gambling uh, legal again in North Carolina. Hopefully this session. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, this session from your mouth to yeah, God's ears. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I, I think why I mentioned Bitcoin so much is because it was the original cryptocurrency and everything that came after where it was either a fork, meaning it was just a copy, or essentially everyone was just trying to copy different attributes of Bitcoin in their own way. And, you know, maybe they changed the supply or maybe they changed different parts of the code. Uh, but you have a lot of copycat projects. You have a lot of scams that people put out there. You know, you, you make a, a Nick Craig coin and people can buy that and trade it. And in the end, you don't really have the same properties of a decentralized digital cash like Bitcoin was. And I think that's where we just need a lot more consumer education. Yeah, it's great. You see a Shibu Inu coin or a, you know, Trump coin or whatever going to the moon, going way up. But you have to realize is what's actually behind that. And, you know, something like Bitcoin or Ethereum, either of those have tens of thousands of people who are running computers that have the code on it. They're using it in their communities. Something like Bitcoin is legal tender in the country of El Salvador. So there's all these different institutions that are behind it and people using it. I think, unfortunately, you see a lot of these coins that really have no use cases at all that are pushed to consumers. Uh, they're number one on these exchange apps. I think people just need to be cautious. You know, do your research, uh, do some reading. There's a lot of stuff out there on a lot of these different products and you know financial advisors are waking up to this there's actually a huge growing number of people who are retirees who are looking into these different products there's a lot of fidelity banks and a lot of these other banks that are looking to it as well there is an alternative architecture unfortunately there are a lot of these scams or we call them altcoins where you know it's much more risky so again do your research figure out what your risk tolerance is and then invest uh, where necessary. Yeah, risk tolerance, a great word to use there with it, like any other kind of investment. Yael Lasowski joining us here this morning. He's the deputy director over at the Consumer Choice Center. Yael, hang on for me if you can. I got to grab a quick break, but I want to ask you and go back to FTX as a whole. And you mentioned the media coverage and the really not big play that this has gotten. Yes, it's gotten some press. Lots of folks have been talking about it, but it didn't necessarily blow up as maybe uh, I think and others think it really should have. We'll continue that conversation with Yalisowski coming up right after this. Our guest this morning is Yael Osowski. He is with the Consumer Choice Center, and we've been talking about the FTX collapse this morning and Sam Bankman-Fraid, the uh, individual behind this, uh, what is now seeming to be a complete and total Ponzi scheme. And, Yael, I want to read you two different headlines this morning, one over at the Wall Street Journal that reads as follows. FTX collapse wiped out founders' philanthropic aims and the other over at the Washington Post just two days ago that says Sam Bankman-Fried has done more to save the world than Elon Musk ever will. This guy stole $16 billion worth of assets, and he is being uh, deemed as a hero this morning. What do you make of that? Well, if you donate to the right people, you'll be viewed in a certain way. And I think that's <laughs> ultimately what we're seeing here. I mean, he was not a, uh, a stranger to many of the different uh, mainstream media, or uh, these days they're called downstream media because they just follow everything online. 
but they, he was no stranger to them at all. He was a big sponsor of them. There's a, a new uh, startup news outlet called Semaphore uh, that he gave, I believe, uh, something like $100 million to. There's so many different outlets that he's a part of and, you know, getting paid, sending money. He's also donating a lot to different politicians, whether they be on the Senate Agricultural Committee, House Finance. Uh, he's someone who is spreading around a lot of money. Now, was it all his money? No, it was your money. It was customers of FTX, which makes it all the more corrupt. Uh, but unfortunately, the media narrative on this has really been pitiful because there, here's someone that, you know, were it any other case, if it was on Wall Street, if it was a Bernie Madoff type thing, there'd be all kinds of outrage. There'd be calls for prosecution. But there's been none of that. And it's a lot of very soft coverage. And you really have to question really why that is. I, I think realistically, the amount of giving that was done, the amount of, of partisanship, open partisanship for Democrats. You know, we, we have to reiterate, he stated at one point that he would probably give up to a billion dollars to help the Democrats in 2024. You know, once you have those kind of friends, they're not necessarily going to abandon you. And I don't know, I'm archiving as many of these articles and screenshots as I'm sure you are there, Nick, uh, because at some point, you know, we're just gonna, he's going to have to get reap what he sows because this is uh, it's just unbelievable. The media coverage of this. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned uh, Bernie Madoff and Wall Street. And, you know, you could imagine the eat the rich crowd and all of the other uh, uh, Wall Street protesters and their sit ins and their reactions to somebody on Wall Street lost 16 billion dollars worth of money. Yet this guy is somehow a, a hero now hanging out in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yelisowski is our guest this morning. He's over at the Cons Consumer Choice Center. Hey, uh, what is the Consumer Choice Center? What do you guys do? Well, my man, we're a consumer advocacy group. So if you like technology, if you like, you know, fast moving goods, if, you, if you're all in on positive change through technology and all the great things around you and you're not the biggest fan of government bans, whether that be on uh, plastics or vaping devices or perhaps, you know, you just want to uh, get in your pickup truck and put in diesel and a lot of environmentalists are telling you not to, uh, we're the ones who support you and we're the ones who advocate on your behalf uh, with legislation, reaching out to lawmakers, making the case in media. So if you're a consumer advocate like us, join us uh, over there on consumerchoicecenter.org. Yael, yeah, thank you so much for the time this morning. It was great to get caught back up with you, and I hope we can chat again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Nick, and uh, thank you, Wilmington. Absolutely. Our pleasure this morning. Ayala Sowski, the deputy director over the Consumer Choice Center, breaking down this whole bizarre story surrounding FTX, uh, 